Hey guys, welcome. We're your hosts, Amy Keeble and Haley Young. Our heart is to encourage you, add joy to your life, and be a small reminder that you're not in this crazy motherhood journey alone. We have each other, and most importantly, we have God every moment, every day. We are super excited to have our very close friend Liz here. Well, I have two children. Uh, and I have a 16 year old also. So my name is Liz. I'm married to Josh. I got married when I was uh, just 21. I'm obviously Anna. It has been very easy, apart from about four years of sleep deprivation. Um, so I'm constantly going, I gotta lean hard into Jesus today. The privilege so really, of walking through a number of different life seasons with her. I so much pressure on myself to be perfect. You need to remember it's just a season. It's a this time. conversation has been so encouraging. Amazing. Thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone. And this is our this and this and this is our village. Hi, Haley. How are you? Great. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for giving me a week off. <laughs> no, oh, it's not like that at all. <laughs> I am actually so surprised that you are willing to be recording so quickly. So I'm very, very impressed that you're here a week later. But we will well, see really how we go. I guess it probably is more like, what would it be, two, three weeks now? Three weeks, since yeah. Since Parker's born. Ah, since Will's born. Good Will, grief. yes. And don't we all call our kids uh, at the names? <laughs> yes, we do. How are you going? <laughs> yeah, doing good. I've got um, Will breastfeeding and Parker... Making mommy. noises for me outside the room. <laughs> so just real <laughs> we were life just going saying, on. If there's a picture of um, young year, early motherhood mm-hmm. days, this is it, it right is. now. Yeah, yeah. And you've had quite the couple of weeks, haven't you? Yeah, but we're doing good. Mm. So Will, um, I had an emergency cesarean in the end because he was um, a bit distressed and I hadn't progressed. Mm. And we thought he was all good, but after about 20 hours, um, his breathing was a bit fast still and he had failed some blood sugar test levels because mm. they were looking at that and it turned out he had meconium in his lungs so he had breathed that in or swallowed that yeah. I don't know swallowed or breathed to get into your lungs I guess breathed mm. and um so he was in NICU for 24 hours um on some support to breathe and then actually no at 48 hours and then in special care for another few days and then we got home after a week which was great and then we were back in less than 48 hours later for another 24 hours and then we were back in yesterday actually just getting him checked because his breathing's still fast but um we have been we've been just so fortunate with everyone praying I was thinking about it just before I was driving home from my mum and dad's and I don't know if I've felt so carried by prayers before. Mm. Like we had heaps of people praying for us and I just felt so at peace That's awesome. and so grateful because I thought I, this should be really scary yeah, and could easily be like I could be full of fear mm. and yeah, it just felt so at peace. And even the way God orchestrated things like, I've got a friend that works in special care yeah. as a radiographer one day a week. And the day we were like, it was great to see her. She was working and then was able to tell me about a prayer group that the hospital have um, of staff and they were all praying for us. And they were saying like, they've just seen miracle after miracle and that really he should have been on, he was on CPAP oxygen Mm -hmm. for 24 hours initially. And, um, she said, oh, most babies that are on this are on it for a few days and then, like, they're probably in care for two to three weeks. And we were out within six days. It's incredible. And even that, she said, like, that's amazing. She said, this doesn't normally happen. Mm. And so I was grateful for the prayers of healing but just grateful to be carried by yeah. the prayers. And then when he went back in, um, I was feeling quite upset because I was sick and couldn't go into hospital with him and was like, I need prayer. Like I really do. And, um, reached out and again, felt that peace. Like I haven't experienced necessarily before and haven't needed to experience yeah. possibly, yeah. Uh, but so grateful. That's incredible. That. Isn't yeah, it amazing so in times like that when you see you like see a tangible kind of, um, example of, the community that we have in church Mm -hmm. and in our faith and and just how God Mm -hmm. works through that. I think it's always such a challenge because it's like this is so beautiful and amazing Mm -hmm. and some people go through this with none of that and I don't know how. Yeah. You know, that's just I'm so glad that you felt carried by that and I'm so glad you were able to feel that and just Mm. how hard would it be to be facing these sorts of things with no 
you know, no faith, <sighs> no community around you like that. I just am so grateful for so it. So tough. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're very blessed. Yeah, blessed by knowing that people are praying mm. and then blessed by what God actually does. Too. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear him fading away? <laughs> yeah, he sounds very content right there. I love it so much. Those noises are so precious. Yeah, so it's three weeks and one day, so still very, wow. very fresh. But big, he was 4.5 <laughs> kilos and 56 centimetres long. So he was a big boy. A big bo- he is a big boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. How many, how much over your due date was he? I can't remember how many days he was. Uh, nine days. Nine days, yeah. He was good. Yeah. He was yes. well and truly ready. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> how big was Parker when he was born? He was 4.3 kilos, okay. but he was 15 days wow, over. Yeah. So, like, I maxed out mm. <laughs> how long I could keep mm. him in and needed to be induced. But with Will, I went into labor because I was trying for a V-back. Mm. Um, we were going to record a podcast yeah. a month or two ago about our birth stories. And Amy's like, let's wait and see to see because hopefully you'll have a V-back story. And I did everything I could to prepare. But you really did so well preparing. <laughs> I, yeah, I educated myself Ooh. and mentally and really emotionally prepared myself, but it wasn't meant to be. And even just knowing that he was distressed yeah. um, because of the meconium now, knowing that yeah. makes me more grateful for the cesarean Absolutely. and where we live and all yeah. of that. But it was a beautiful experience mm. as was like without even knowing that, mm. um, but it just makes it even better knowing that it was the right time the right to get decision. him out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, here he is, and you're a mum too. Last few weeks, <laughs> so yes, exciting, boys. Yeah, it is. And are you well? Yeah, I mean, we were really unwell around the same time you had your cold. Oh, we, yes. we had the um, RSV that was going around everywhere, mm-hmm. which was just miserable for a couple of weeks. But we're doing well now. Mm-hmm. In between viruses, I'm oh. sure something else will come up soon with three kids running around. And I feel like every family is experiencing yeah. it. Like whether your kids are in childcare or not, it's just huge. Everyone's been yeah. sick. Yeah, I was convinced we had RSV. We didn't get tested for that, mm. but I was like... Yep, that's what we've got because mm-hmm. everyone else has mm-hmm. it. Yep, and the same week that you had it and we were recovering from it, um, there was like at mm-hmm. least two other people I knew that had found out it was exactly RSV and, mm-hmm. and probably two or three other people on top of that that were unwell with something similar and I was just like, what is happening? But yeah, yeah, very grateful for I still have a lingering cough from that and it's every time I mm-hmm. cough, it doesn't hurt, which is nice, and I'm like, wow, I'm just so grateful that we're not sick like we were. It's just a good reminder yeah. how miserable it was for about a week. But but we're good, yeah. Just mm-hmm. plodding along, oh. going through the normal things with kids. Good. Mm. Into winter. Into winter we go. And actually, on that note, it's interesting. This episode we have, we recorded at the beginning of this year. <clears throat> so we are still in summer. And in the episode, we talk a lot about weather, which I find really funny. We just must really? have been, yeah, the very beginning. I don't remember that. Have a big conversation about the weather here and the weather with Alexandra, which is our guest who is in the states. And so, you will quickly find out that it's very not accurate for when when it's actually releasing. We're talking about how hot it was, and she's talking about how cold it is there. Please excuse. Actually, I remember that day because I was heavily pregnant and mm-hmm. the aircon where we were wasn't good. Wasn't I was just good. like, yep. I'm sweating everywhere. <laughs> yep. 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 It's all coming back to me. Yep. That's, that's I guess, what comes with mm-hmm. recording and releasing them as we go. Yes. So as Amy said, our guest this week is Alexandra Craig. Um, Alexandra and I met a number of years ago, mm. but um, she shares with us the story of meeting her husband and then um, losing him quite quickly Mm. to his cancer battle. Um, So it is uh, quite an emotional episode and at the same time full of hope Mm -hmm. and encouragement in God carrying her through that experience and what he's still doing um, in her and her son's life today. Yeah. So definitely a bit of a trigger warning before we jump in that there are, like Hayley said, some pretty heavy things talked about. Alexandra is actually the first international Mm. guest we have who is currently overseas. So we definitely have spoken to some people that are not Australian, Amber and Rachel and some others, but Alexandra is actually over in the States. So she's the first international interview we're doing, and we're really excited to be able to chat to her and 
how amazing is technology that it lets us yes. do something like this. So, so exciting to have her on the podcast today. And we just really pray that this can be an episode that encourages you and mm. uplifts you and just really points you to God in whatever place in your journey that you're in. So hope you enjoy. So today we have our first international guest. Oh, I don't know if you knew that, but you are yeah. our first guest. I did not know this. <laughs> yeah, you are. I feel so honoured. So joining us from America, Alexandra Craig. Um, Alexandra and I met about nine years ago, we think, at a leadership mm-hmm. camp in North Carolina. And following that, um, Alexandra was gracious enough to let my friend and I stay with her when we didn't have plans that night. And I don't know how well you remember this night because there were quite a few other people there that your floor was Mm -hmm. filled. Um, But John was there that night as well. So I did get to meet him Mm -hmm. as well. And we just feel really honoured that you have said yes to chatting with us mm. today, sharing about John's story and um, losing him early on in your marriage mm. and as a young mum. And so thank you for joining us. Mm. And how are you today? You know, I I am great. I am well and I am thankful to say that I have joy in my heart. That's mm. awesome. And thank you so much for having me. It's, it is, it's fun to, and interesting to see things come full circle. So it's, mm. I, it's. It's neat how things work out. It is. And where are you actually living right now? Where are you joining us from? So I am in Rock Hill, South Carolina. So Mm -hmm. I'm just a little south of the border from where it was that you had stayed. That was in my first apartment after uh, I had graduated from college. And so that was, I've I've migrated just a little bit further south. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And it's middle of winter. It is. Is it cold? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. So the temperature around here has kind of, been up and down just a little bit um it was kind of nice i mean you could almost go outside without a jacket on it was nice oh, wow. the other day but then a cold front came back in so uh, it's you know the heat's still on mm-hmm. how about you guys oh uh, we've had the same we've had a weird summer where it's we're in summer technically but today is rainy and cold and oh, it's not cold it's 22 degrees you're 22? in a dress i was freezing <laughs> well, not freezing that's such an exaggeration i was quite chilly when i came out to the car but for summer the it start feels... of the week it was like really warm, form, close yeah. to 40. Oh, it was 42 degrees, so like well over 100 mm. degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. And now today, yeah, it's half of that. Yeah. I think so, the other day that it was ooh. a top of 20. Yeah, so, yeah, it's crazy. It's just jumping all over the place. Mm-hmm. No stability. But oh, Haley, was, Haley was in Queensland for holidays. Which the, is north. Which is north, where it's normally nice and, and sunny and beaches and that kind of thing. So she's... Was it good weather while you were there? Mostly. It was warm every yeah. day, just rainy sometimes. There was some cyclone rain coming in mm. um, from further mm. north. So, yeah, summer storms. <laughs> well, those are fun. We got it all. I've got to admit, whenever, you, like, the... the the um, what do you call it? The conversion from Fahrenheit Celsius to Fahrenheit. Yeah. You said forty degrees to hundred. I'm like, whoa, that's a big jump. <laughs> and thinking in terms of Fahrenheit, I'm like, oh wait a second. Okay, so that yes. makes more sense. So yeah, yes, it's very confusing. silly American over here with our Fahrenheit system. No, not silly. It's just a confusing conversion. Uh-huh. I don't know who made that decision. Yes. <laughs> Would you mind starting by just sharing a little bit about you and your family and maybe your background? Oh, of course. So a little bit about me, my family, and my background. Well, as you know, I'm Alexandra, and I am um, one of, I'm the youngest of four kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I grew up in Pennsylvania, Sandy Lake, Pennsylvania, small town, very small town. And I, once I graduated from high school, I went to college in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And then I graduated from Lee University in 2011, almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem possible, as we <laughs> talked about a few minutes ago, but almost 10 years ago. Wow. And then right after I graduated, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, or, well, really Fort Mill, South Carolina. Very Basically close. Twin Cities, if you will. Yep. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. very, very close. And so I have been in the Carolinas ever since. Wow. Um, so my background, my, my degree, if you will, is in telecommunications, so mm-hmm. broadcast journalism, video production, that type of thing. And then I, I decided that I did not want to go into news broadcasting, um, and even though I had interned at a news station my last semester in college right before I graduated. Mm. Of course, there are other things you can do with that degree, but I felt like that was not it. And so uh, not it for me. 
So I moved to the Carolinas and I started working in the fitness industry for a little while. And then after I had met John, I gradually kind of transitioned into um, running a business with him, which was a logistics and transportation business. Wow. And that, yeah, so it was kind of here, there and everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then now here I am. I never thought I would see the day where I would realize that I was using my degree to make TikTok. Yes. And you make them very so, well. So I first introduced well, Amy you. to Alexandra through TikTok. Yeah. I was like, you've got to follow her on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. And I loved them. So you do very well. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's, I'm, I'm somewhat of a variety show, if you will. <laughs> you know, I, I recently changed the bio because it only it's a very, very limited amount of characters mm. that you can put in your bio. But it's, you know, faith, encouragement, and a little just for fun. And so that's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I was thinking about the other day as I scrolled through reels on Instagram? I was like, this, mm-hmm. these apps are literally letting people be like videographers and creative video engineers, whatever the phrase is. Mm-hmm. Kids in high school are making mm-hmm. videos like, of, like amazing quality. They're just little clips, but they're doing so well. So you're, you're right mm-hmm. in that you're using your degree in that way. I just think it's incredible. Oh, well. Wow. Thank you so much. I was like, and I feel so silly with all this. No. But by the same token, like some of like the things I'm pulling back from my single camera applications, one and two classes in college, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my three point lighting. Okay, I remember that. And yep. setting my tripod here. And so, you know, putting the light kid here, you know, all these different things. And I just, you know, I happen to have a couple little pieces of equipment from just along the way. And now I'm putting them to use. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, whatever the Lord puts on my heart to share. Exactly. What well, a platform. Thank you. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you share with us a bit about how you met John, about finding out that he was sick and what was to follow? Of course. All right. So so we met, actually, John and I met on April 25th, 2012, which, according to the movie Miss Congeniality, is the perfect date. <laughs> not too hot, not too, not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. So that that's the date that we met. Um, and so it was at, it was actually at a uh, church small group through Elevation Church. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't, I hadn't been there in a while because my job at the time, I just wasn't able to make it across town, you know, because I was working late hours and stuff. But my first time back after a little hiatus was John's first time there. A friend of mine had invited him. He had just moved to the Charlotte area from Nashville. Mm-hmm. And she had invited him to um, come to the small group. And so that's how we met. And then we started dating in July of that year. Um, so 2012. And then we had been together ever since until mm-hmm. he took his last breath on um, October 20th, 2018. So we had a little over, a little over six years together, mm-hmm. not quite six and a half, married for a, about not quite three and a half of that, of that time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was, I guess you can say the start and the the bookends, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, now what led to the diagnosis? Um, you know, it was kind of one of those things where you're just coasting along and then all of a sudden the rug has ripped out from underneath Mm -hmm. of you. That's, that's what happened. So there was no indication that anything was wrong. Wow. John was uh, a picture of health. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he was he was tall. He was athletic. He was active. He had no known health complications, challenges of any sort. No indication that anything could have been, you know, like, ah, oh, you might want to get that looked mm-hmm. at, but oh, just whatever, I'll put it off. Nothing. No indication, nothing. And so um, the only symptom was one day on January 23rd, 2018, so just over three years ago, um, he was brushing his teeth that morning and I was downstairs doing something, cleaning up from breakfast or something. And, um, he called me upstairs and he, he, he showed me what he found. Um, he went to, as he was brushing his teeth, he also used a tongue scraper. And so he went to use a tongue scraper and he could not extend his tongue, get kind of stick it out to, to use mm-hmm. it. He couldn't stick his tongue out. And so he felt around the floor of his mouth and he found a lump mm-hmm. under his tongue. And so the way that he showed me was he, he took my finger and he had it in the left mm-hmm. side of his mouth. He said, you feel that? And I said, no. And he said, well, then he moved my hand to the right side of the floor of his mouth. And it felt like a Tootsie Roll, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the candy, the Tootsie Roll. Um, it was like one of the little chubby midgy ones was buried in the soft tissue of the floor of his mouth between the base of his tongue and the back of his teeth. And of course... 
that does not belong there, no, no. as you might imagine. And yeah, and so um, anytime you, you, well, not that it would happen very often, but if you find a lump, a mysterious mass, that's kind of the big sinking cloud that just suddenly rolls yeah. in mm-hmm. the big C word. And yeah. I mean, you, you just like, there's no way. Of course, you're, they say in the medical world that when you hear hooves think horses, not zebras, I was trying to do that, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to not yes. think that it's the worst possible thing. Absolutely. Um, so I was I was trying to think of any other possibility, like, well, maybe it could be a clogged duct or an infected mm-hmm. salivary gland or something. Um, and all these different possibilities that maybe it could be, trying to give myself a little peace of mind. But um, we, we called around um, to some eye, ear, nose, throat specialists doctor's offices in the Charlotte area that day. And it was a bunch, a whole bunch of um, phone calls that we've made, but everybody was saying that they had no openings, mm-hmm. that it was, you know, two weeks, three weeks, two months or a month, two months out. Good and finally, uh, yes. And of course, if this is something that just showed up, you're like, well, I want to know now, yeah. not like two months from now, what's going on. So um, we finally made, you know, was like, well, let's just try one more. And they had a cancellation for that day. Oh, wow. So we went across town and he took a look at it and he said, well, I can tell you it's not an infection. It's not a clogged duct. Mm. Um, You're here for the right reason. Um, We just need to do some tests to find out specifically what we're working with here. Mm. And so um, after some some testing, they came back with a preliminary diagnosis of a form of lymphoma. Mm. Um, And then some things started to change a little bit. Um, The the results weren't finalized. Um, But before they were, they they changed. Um, So to, to tell you a little bit about cancers is that in the there are three main families of cancers. There are lymphomas, carcinomas, and sarcomas. Now, of the three, if you are going to be dealt a hand of cards that involves cancer, lymphoma is the one that you hope it would be because it's the most treatable form and it has a fairly high survival rate, Mm -hmm. especially for the kind that they thought it was originally. So we were trying to wrap our minds around a a 50-50 chance of survival. Mm. Um, And then a fairly known course of treatment and kind of what to expect. And this was in, now mind you, this this was about a week and a half to two weeks in wow. after he initially mm-hmm. found, found the lump. And then they said, well, we no longer believe that this is a lymphoma. It's not behaving that way anymore. Um, and then they couldn't tell us specifically what it was because it was changing so much. Typically, mm-hmm. there are characteristics of what you're dealing with that lead them to the tract of you know a specific diagnosis. Mm-hmm. The tumors and such, you know, they behave in such a way. Well, this one was barking like a dog, had gills like a fish, and quacked like a duck. Mm-hmm. It wasn't behaving like any one particular family. So during this time, meanwhile, that lump had more than doubled in size oh, and it wrapped goodness. itself around his jaw. And it it went from you could look at him the day that he found it, you had no clue it was there unless you felt it, mm-hmm. to in the two and a half weeks that it took to get the diagnosis in the video that you saw mm-hmm. it more than, like I said, more than doubled in size wow. wrapped itself around his jaw. And it looked like he had gotten hit in the face with a softball. Goodness me. And he, it was starting to affect his speech, all this stuff, this kind of stuff. So it was a crazy time. Yeah. Getting the diagnosis. And then on February 16th, 2018, the day that we recorded that video, um, which by the way, we did not intend to record it like that as a live, a Facebook live. We wanted to record it separately for our own purposes and records. And both of our phones ran out of memory. So the oh. only way to document it was on Facebook live. Oh, wow. So that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, there were however many people who were on the live with us found out the diagnosis at the same time that we did. Oh. And, and that's whenever they told us it was something called nut midline carcinoma. Now it's just called nut carcinoma. But um, at the time of diagnosis, he was one of about 150 to 200 documented cases in medical history. He was the first person, the first resident of South Carolina to be diagnosed with it. And at the time, only the third in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And then they told us the, the numbers for survival. Um, they said that there were um, only single digit survivors out of that. Mm-hmm. And that the average lifespan was seven to nine months. Wow. And you can imagine how our jaws dropped yeah. and our hearts sank because that's exactly what it was. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of, I might sound almost 
unaffected in telling the story right this minute, but you can see in the videos that you saw, mm-hmm. you, you can see the emotion. You can even feel it yourself coming mm-hmm. through the screen. So it was very earth shattering. Um, and then it was a pretty arduous road from that time. It was not an easy, see, whenever, let me say this, whenever somebody is given a prognosis of seven to nine months, you know, it's like, oh, you know, go live it up for those seven to nine months. And he did, he did a Mm. fair amount of living in that time, but cancer's not pretty. And it was not just a whole thing of he, I went, you know, I don't know if you remember that uh, Tim McGraw song, but I went skydiving, I went Rocky Mountain climbing, you know, Mm -hmm. all these different things that somebody does knowing that their, that their life is about to expire in a certain amount of time. There was, there was a very, like I said, arduous journey of Mm. treatment during that time. And so um, he made the most of it and um, he, he, he soldiered it like a warrior and he survived a three day shy of nine months from the date that he discovered the lump and he took his final breath on October 20th, 2018. So that's how our life went from everything was fine to not so much. Mm. And now here we are. That's just, it must, it's just like almost from one day to the next, really. And I can't even imagine that drastic of a life change so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, oh, it was drastic. All right. I mean, it, our lives got flipped, turned mm. upside down. Like, I mean, God says that the things that will be shaken, that can be shaken, will be shaken, mm. you know, and the things that fall away are the things that don't matter. And the things that remain are the things that matter most. And that's exactly what that experience mm. did for us, um, particularly for John. And it really, it, it shook my faith to its core. Mm. Um, but I, I, I'm i very thankful to say that my perspective has, has shifted and my faith has deepened, mm. um, even though my prayers weren't answered in the way that I so desperately hoped that they would be. Mm-hmm. So really following closely to that, what you've just said, how did you experience God's faithfulness despite not seeing John's healing the way that obviously prayers would have been for here on earth? Oh my, how do I sum it all up? Um, it was, it was a delicate and gentle process because, um, you know, whenever we were going through it, um, God was very gracious with, you know, providing for us mm-hmm. and, you know, giving us the things that we needed, you know, because it, it's not just the, of course, taking care of John and the, and the illness and everything surrounding that, but then just just in general, mm-hmm. a lot of people really surrounded us and, and us, we had a great support system and I am forever grateful uh, for that from friends, family and strangers alike. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would often say, you know, people would wonder how in the world we were getting through it. And it was the grace of God, the good, grace and goodness of God, the kindness of others, mm-hmm and strong coffee in that order. And that's absolutely, you know, how, how we got through, but, um, I'll, I'll, I'll try to sum it up as best as I can. So are you familiar with the song, do it again by elevation? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen you move, you move the mountains. Mm -hmm. That's all. And I believe I'll see you do it again. So that song was, um, that was sent to us a number of times, you know, as encouragement Mm -hmm. and, and we played it over and over and over again. And we, you know, believed it and, and not, you know, not that you have to have that song playing in order to believe Mm -hmm. those words, but, you know, to kind of rally your spirit. Mm -hmm. And we absolutely, um, we believed it because the thing was, is that it was a terminal diagnosis from the date that we received Mm -hmm. it. Now we acknowledge the statistics and the situation for what it was, but we still had hope and, and unwavering faith that we knew God could, we had the conviction that he could, Mm -hmm. and maybe he would heal John. And we knew that it would happen one way or the other, whether, whether it was on this side of heaven or on the other, Mm -hmm. but of course we wanted it. And, and we believed that, that we would see a miracle here before our eyes. And as the months passed by and as the disease progressed and as John got into a form that was further and further away from his normal, strong, healthy self, it got harder and harder and harder to listen to a song like that mm. and to, to still believe with, with full conviction. Mm. And again, I never, I never lost hope. Even, even on the last few moments before he actually passed away, you know, I was still holding on to it. 
Some might have even called me crazy. My goodness, there were even doctors who came into the room, like whenever he was in and out of the hospital, there were even doctors that came in. And I, I don't blame them and I, I don't, you know, um, fault them for this, but it's almost like they were trying to do it almost as they were, they were doing me a favor by trying to re-explain to me the severity mm-hmm. of the situation as though I wasn't aware. Yeah. I'm like, well, no, I, I appreciate the sentiment, but I, I understand. Mm-hmm. I, I understand with all due respect more about this disease than, than you do quite honestly, because this is such an anomaly and nobody here has treated mm-hmm. this at yeah. living cancer Institute in Charlotte. So I'm well aware, but it was almost a foolish faith <laughs> to be honest. Um, but it got harder and harder and harder to have it. And after he passed away, I was left. And I, I, I will tell you right here, right now, and anybody listening, like I had my moments of asking God, why? Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) I thought all it took was faith, the size of a mustard seed. And you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. I thought that by Jesus stripes, he is healed. I thought that were two or more, two and more, or two or more gathered together, that we can say, ask, and it shall be done. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought you had plans to prosper, plans for hope and a future. What? What did we do wrong? Mm. I had those moments of asking of those questions. Mm. And and I want to say this is that, you know what? One might say that that's a moment of lacking faith, but asking God those hard questions, it takes, it takes faith to even ask so him those. Much. And he can handle that. Mm-hmm. He can handle our whys. And he loves us through them. And he loves us so much that he gives us grace even whenever he doesn't give us explanations. See, these are, there are a number of things that he that he very gently laid on my heart. And I'll get to this part in a moment. But I, I want to share this, this next transition is that, that song. I was at a celebration of life service for um, another um, prominent person in my life um, in, in January after John had passed away. And it was actually at Elevation. Mm-hmm. And so that song, they were they were singing that song almost as like, a, you know, it was almost like a worship session of the celebration of life. And that song, like I said, came up. And this is, this is again, this is in January after John had passed away. I'm not quite, it was about three months. And it was already kind of a rough time of year for me because it was, you know, it was already a bleak, wintry mm-hmm. time of year here mm-hmm. in, in America. And, um, you know, the most wonderful time of the year is mm. behind us now, 12 months away and Christmas decorations put away and all this kind of stuff. It's already kind of dreary. And so I remember being in, in the pews, if you will, and singing along with that song and trying and, and, and it's like, you know, walking around these walls. I thought for by now they'd fall, but you've never failed me yet. Um, and, and just, and, and I can't think of all the rest of the lyrics, but I was just singing them. And, and as I was singing them, I remember very keenly feeling, walking around these walls in faith. I thought by now they'd fall. I thought for sure by now my prayers would be answered. I thought for sure by now by Jesus stripes were healed and that he would be healed. I thought by now I would see the miracle happen, but God, it didn't. And I said, but you've, for you've never failed me yet. And then as, I mean, I would encourage anybody listening to just look it up and listen to the lyrics of that song. And it's almost like it was walking me through the process of what it was like as he was, it was, it was leading to his passing. And then after and then uh, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is your promise. You've never failed me yet. And I remember sitting there thinking, I almost was the, I was a wreck. I was a mess and I could not sing it. But I was, I knew in my head that great is your faithfulness, even though I had just lost my husband. Mm. I knew great is your faithfulness and I knew. And then another line is my heart will sing your praise again. And I was not feeling like praising mm-hmm. the name of Jesus at the time. I knew in my head I did. Mm-hmm. Yes. But my heart wasn't quite there yet. My heart wasn't there yet. And it was a delicate process because I had to learn 
ever so gently to acknowledge and accept God's sovereignty just as much as I accept his love. Yes, we are made in the image of God. And yes, we are the apple of his eye. But we are not entitled to anything. Mm -hmm. If the only gift that we ever receive from him is the grace that we have already received by the work that was done on the cross, and we receive nothing more than that, we still have it all. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn that that John not receiving healing here on earth was not God withholding a gift from me. You see, John was God's before he was ever mine. And for all I know, the events that transpired in John's life were the, was the exact recipe that was needed for John's heart to be bent in the most humble way and to be in the most right position with God. And when it's all said and done, Whenever my time comes to be called home, he's not, we're not going to be standing there before the Father both together and hear the words, well, good, well done, good and faithful servants with an S. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. No, it's well done, good and faithful servant mm-hmm. one, singular. So if what happened in John's life is the very thing that was necessary so that his heart and his life would be postured so that he could hear those words, and who am I to be bitter with God about that? Oh, Alexandra. <laughs> That's deep, yeah. <laughs> that was a realization yeah. that I, I gradually came to. And for all I know, going through that, that's, those are the very elements that are needed for my life to be made most effective for the kingdom of God. Mm. And who am I? Who am I to, to check, my, my, you know, check the deuces up at God? And, and hold my fist up at God saying, how could you? Whenever it was a gift, not only what I experienced was a gift, my time with John, what we had mm. together was a gift. Mm. And who am I to say to the giver that the gift wasn't good enough? Mm. So it was, you know, it, it was not an instantaneous realization. Um, you know, I'm sure somebody who is experiencing fresh heartache would say, well, it's easy for you to say that. Me, three years ago, two years ago, would probably say that to myself mm-hmm. now. My future self, <laughs> easy for you to say. <laughs> easy for you to say is right. But I learned that God gives us just the grace that we need in abundance to get through it day by day, mm-hmm. moment by moment, breath by breath, to experience his faithfulness in full. Great is his faithfulness and his promise still stands. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being willing to share like your vulnerable, dark places. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, at the whole time you and John were going through this, as you said, you have shared the diagnosis on a Facebook Live, mm-hmm. which wasn't the intention, but then you shared um, the journey quite quite openly. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I guess, how I had the privilege of knowing what was going on because I wouldn't have known that otherwise. Um, how how did you cope with that? Mm. Um, sharing those places that, like, it was heartbreak upon heartbreak at times, but you also shared God's faithfulness and the miracles along the way, and it was um, both encouraging and, um, like, pointed me to God, but, yeah, it will can't have been easy along the way at the same time did that first video make you want to do that again or yeah how did that happen and how did you cope mm. well um well as I mentioned earlier is that it was at, well the Facebook live part of that was accidental yeah well sort of you know we weren't we weren't planning it um and and for some now there were moments actually that I probably would not have turned on the camera, not because I didn't want to, but I wouldn't have thought mm-hmm. to. But for whatever reason, you know, we we both felt, and John particularly, felt compelled 
to give people a rare inside look of, of the journey. Mm. And both of us have the gift of gathering. You know, <laughs> John had it and you know, so do I. And so he was very candid and open mm. about, you know, sharing his heart on the matter and and encouraging people to, you know, get your own house in order. Like, yeah, this isn't fun, but it could be worse. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Look at my life and you know, be glad that, that this isn't something that that you're having to deal with, but live it through like understand the urgency by seeing what's happening here almost. Mm -hmm. And so there were times whenever he said vulnerable moments, he's like, let's do a live. Let's just let people know what, you know, the ins and outs of what, what life is like sometimes. And so I'm like, well, okay. So, um, I don't know. It was just, in some ways he kind of nudged me a little bit, but then once we started doing that, it was kind of just, for whatever reason, God has made it easy mm-hmm. for me. Um, there, there's not really a sense of reluctancy. Sometimes I wonder if like people, um, n- not because I'm like afraid to share anything. I'm sometimes, if anything, I'm afraid of oversharing of people like, Whoa, too much, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, like that, that's the thing that sometimes worries me more. I mean, there hasn't really been much to, to cope with, I guess. Um, like even for, for me kind of revisiting things, um, one, I don't want people to get the wrong impression thinking that anytime I share anything about our journey and what we went through and what life has been like processing grief in the aftermath, I don't want people getting the wrong impression thinking that my heart is still like mourning and, and grief. I'm very thankful to say that I have joy in my heart and by God's grace, I have lived and my heart does sing his praise mm-hmm. again. And I can I can look back with deep appreciation um, so one, I, I've kind of been like, ah, I hope people don't get the wrong impression. Um, but I also want people to be able to, to experience a little bit of rawness so that if they in, in their own lives are experiencing deep heartache and very rawness mm-hmm. in their own lives, that they can, I don't know, see that there's hope in getting mm-hmm. through it on the other side. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, like, and there have been some other, you know, colorful comments here and there. <laughs> some people wonder, well, because it is so uncommon mm-hmm. to share things so openly and candidly and particularly on video and particularly videos like the ones that we shared while, mm-hmm. you know, whenever we got the diagnosis and the events that transpired after, most people don't record that kind of thing. Um, or it's edited so if it be- is recorded. Which or, yes, and they weren't edited. You guys just shared it as raw as it was, yeah. Uh, they, yeah, they they were lives. And so there were some people who thought that they were staged. I'm like, well, no, no, it wasn't. I, I can assure you of that. And, you know, and, and I don't fault them for that. It's mm-hmm. just, it is what it is. Um, but it's all out there for people to make of it what they, what they will and for God to use it however he will. And that's mm-hmm. the reason why I continue to put it out there. And, and in a way, it's therapeutic for me to just talk it out. And, you know, the word says that we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so that's what I'm doing. Mm. You're doing that beautifully. Mm. Thank you. What wisdom could you share with someone who might be supporting someone going through a similar challenge? Because I know that's not, I think it's really hard to know how to support someone well facing heartache like that. So what wisdom would you give Mm. someone in that position? Yeah. um, One, I would I would just simply, you know, just, just checking in because it's an, as John was sick, it, it does get very exhausting to keep everybody updated. And yeah. I, I would read every message that we would get. I would, I would take it all in, but I wouldn't necessarily have the energy mm. or the wherewithal, like the emotional energy to respond mm-hmm. to everything. But I appreciated every single message and I appreciated every engagement on posts and anytime people sent a card or anything like that. I mean, even if it's a, a little um, a little act that they that maybe somebody feels is trivial or they don't want to impose, like it it wasn't an imposition whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, anytime people offered to to help or or like even no matter how close or how distant they were, there were people who sent, you know, um supportive anythings, you know, little somethings that were total strangers. Mm. But sometimes those were the things that, that touched me most and supported me most some in that moment. Like, even if it was just a phrase that they said, that was just something that the Lord had put on my heart that they, that confirmed. So I guess you can say, if the Lord puts something on your heart to do, don't second guess it and do it Mm. or say it. 
Amy and I have actually talked about this a, a bit before of not know of being so worried um in such sensitive situations mm. about mm-hmm. saying the wrong thing that then yes. we can put off then we saying just don't something. say anything yes. or don't do anything yeah and having the courage to just do it mm. yes so but with with discretion um i will say this because yes um there and then the other thing is that i guess you could say in grief um or any type of very delicate situation is yes if god puts it on your heart and you you know give it you know give it some thought mm. but go ahead and do it if you feel if you feel an unctioning on your spirit to to act in in a way of showing support and love yes do it mm. but do it with the knowledge though that there's nothing you can say to make it better exactly yeah but there are things that you can say that could make it worse now i don't be like well then what do i do yeah here's here's an idea ask even if you just reach out saying hey you don't have to tell me, you know, specific, I, I don't want you to have to think of a laundry list of things that I can do. I want you to know that I'm thinking of you. I'm here for you. And you're, you're loved and supported if from a distance, but if there is something that I can do, what can I do that would help you feel supported? Hmm. Asking that, um, you know, sometimes is, is a good way for people like, cause there might be something that I can't necessarily think of right then and there, but even just that act of asking, what can I do to help you feel supported is, in and of itself, mm. supportive. Yeah. Um, or something simple as like, you know, or, or don't, don't even ask if you can bring a meal or like have a meal sent, go ahead and do it, you mm. know? Um, or, you know, send, send a gift, like a target gift card or, a um, an Uber, um, Uber eats gift card or yeah. something like that. Just, just different things, you know, that way it gives, um, it just, it lends support without them having to think about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah but also gives them freedom to, to, you know, not have to, um, like to, to whenever they do have to think about it, like, Oh, I need it. Like, you know, I really need something to eat. You know what? I really don't have the energy to cook, but Oh, thank God this person sent me a gift card. I can just Mm. go ahead and order something and have it delivered. Yes. That's an idea. Um, another thing in, in the arena of what not to say to somebody who's grieving even if it is a carbon copy scenario, I would recommend that you do not say the words, I know how you feel. Mm. Even if you, in essence, even if it is again, a carbon copy of this exact mm. same scenario, because in that moment, that person is thinking to themselves, see it, even though the situation might not be unique to them, it feels unique to them. And in mm. their world, it is unique to them. Now that might sound like, what? You're repeating yourself. It feels like you are the only person on the planet to be going through whatever it is. Your world completely stops. And you look at people going about their lives in normalcy with envy almost. Mm -hmm. Because you wonder, how can you possibly be living your life as though nothing is wrong whenever my world is completely on end? So whenever that happens, you think to yourself, how can you possibly know how I feel right now? Mm-hmm. Now, you know that they, you know that they mean, well, I don't fault anybody for ever having said that to me, but I do remember thinking to myself, you don't possibly understand how I feel. Mm-hmm. So you can say the same thing without saying the same thing. Which like also like, what? Like, and by, again, it's like, there are no words that can take away the pain or make it better. But I want you to, I want you to know that I'm here for you. And that I, I, my heart goes out to you and I can understand in a, in a, in some way, to some degree, the, uh, the great heartache you must be feeling right Mm -hmm. now. That you don't want to assume co-ownership of those feelings. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You know, cause it, it, it can be a touchy subject to, you know, be afraid to say the wrong thing and then to not say anything. And, and, you know, another thing in that regard is that to to not say, let's say somebody is grieving, somebody had just experienced, you know, a significant loss. To not say anything is almost to pretend like the person didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even and you know, several months down the road, um, you know, because that person, like John, is still his very his memory is still very much alive in my mind. I mean, I don't like pretend like he's here in the room with me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but it's it's endearing to hear you know memories of mm. that that per- somebody might share with him, um, or somebody who I don't even know very well but knew him. Mm-hmm. 
if they think about it, just to send me a message like, hey, I was just thinking about John the other day and I, I just want to tell you how much I, you know, I really appreciated him or just a funny memory or just really anything mm. because it, rem- it it's, it's an indicator that they aren't forgotten. Yeah. But again, to not say anything is almost like pretending they didn't exist to begin with. Yeah. Kind of, you know mm. what I mean? Um, so those are, I, I don't know if that touches on exactly what is, was it you were asking some probably oh, support somebody. That's really, really practical. helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Just if, if God puts it on your heart to, to act, do it, mm-hmm. you know, give, give it some thought to make sure that you're, that you're presenting it in the right way. But if God mm-hmm. lays it on your heart and you're, you feel a, a burden, if you will, go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes that little act could very well be the answer to a prayer that was prayed through tears and fears. Mm. That's, whilst it's a simple takeaway, it's a powerful and could be, as you just said, um, life-changing mm. act or takeaway. Mm-hmm. Just do so with discretion. Yes. <laughs> very important. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for sharing the raw, the real, mm. your faith um, and what. Jesus did through that. Oh, of course. Of course. It's, it's an honor and, and it brings my heart joy to, to do it. I mean, I know it's not exactly joyful subject matter, Mm. but, um, it's just, I'm, it's humbling that my story can be used to show that the joy of the Lord really is our strength. And my, my life is a testament of that. Absolutely. Amen. So we um, like to end our podcast each time with the same questions. Mm-hmm. Our first question is, and you haven't talked about motherhood much, but you are a mum. I am. <laughs> you are. Um, looking back at your motherhood journey, what advice would you give yourself as a new mum? Actually, we should say at any stage of motherhood yep. that you've gone through. Oh, I know you're telling yourself that you're going to remember. Write it down. Yes. Because you might oh, not. Oh, my goodness. That is good. <laughs> yes. In fact, I would say you will not. Exactly. Yeah. Then there are things that I do remember, but there are other things that I wish yeah. I could just, you know, quote verbatim. Mm-hmm. But, you know, take plenty of video, mm-hmm. take plenty of pictures, which I'm sure most mamas don't, you know, have a problem with that. <laughs> but remember, you know, remembering little, like, you know, in my situation, Johnny-isms, mm-hmm. you know, just little funny little things. No, your son's name is Johnny, which Johnny is what you just The another thing is, I guess it boils down to, oh, tell you what, by the grace of God, there go I. And so just give yourself grace. You don't have to have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, it, it does good to, you know, have, have a generalized plan in place. But sometimes life does not go according to plan. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it's any less beautiful. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that it's any less effective. And sometimes things not going according to plan is God's way of it going exactly according to plan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's the advice I would give to myself and that's still the case now you know yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's just how it is yeah sometimes it's a journey that's for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the next question is how have you been connecting to God in this last year and in this current season of motherhood oh in the last year well one thing is um actually it started in the year right after John passed away but there's a, a mom's bible study group that a friend had invited me to join. So, and actually I'll, this kind of ties into a previous question as far as like, you know, acting whenever God puts mm-hmm. on your heart to act, mm-hmm. I'll tell you this real quick is that, um, and I've shared a little bit about this on social media, but there, um, so she invited me, it was in November. It was like not even a month after John had passed away. She said, Hey, mm-hmm. we're going to be starting up a, another semester in January. Uh, and it's been very uplifting to me. It's been wonderful. And I don't know if she knew the topic of discussion at the time that she invited me, but then, excuse me, then she shared it with me and she felt so silly and me. The topic of discussion was contentment. Oh. 
I did not want to hear about contentment at that no. moment. Now, of course, I didn't tell her this. I didn't tell her this. <laughs> you held back very graciously. Oh, yes. I was like, I don't, I'm not trying to hear about contentment, but <laughs> I know it would be good for my heart. And so I accepted and I went. Wow. And um, little did I know just how integral that mom's Bible study group would be to me having a healthy grieving process. And so mm. I connected with it then. And then I stayed connected in the, you know, the year um, that transpired. As a matter of fact, just last night, what day is it, Friday? Wednesday night, we had our, uh, we had the Zoom meeting. So we're not meeting in person right now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll resume that soon. Resume. <laughs> <laughs> so funny I am. But anyway, um, <laughs> we, um, you know, we connect that way. And, and I honestly, my mom told me growing up that one day the, that God's word would come alive to me. And I didn't quite understand what she meant because there was a time where I was so fearful of misinterpreting scripture and not knowing where to start and just being intimidated by it. Mm-hmm. So intimidated that I just, sometimes I wouldn't even pick it up and I would feel like a phony Christian even because I didn't know the word like I should. Like I knew I should. I mean, I knew stuff that had I had just you know gleaned mm-hmm. along the way throughout growing up in school. I mean, in, in church and stuff, but it became real and alive to me, particularly after John passed away, in the stillness of just simply opening the book and just taking it little bit by little bit and asking that the Lord would illuminate things to me, mm-hmm. and so in in the quietness of, you know, if it being just Johnny me, like if he's sleeping or if he's at school and I'm working from home or what have you, um, to just, just simply open it and read and, you know, playing worship music and things of that nature. Um, and just being, just sitting quiet and listening. And God has really placed some things on my heart in that way that have really helped with my healing. Mm, Thank you. I really admire people choosing and I know that it's the best choice and it's um, a good choice but choosing to do that in the quiet moments when it's not always the easiest Mm -hmm. thing to do I feel Mm -hmm. like I haven't um, enjoyed some of this week and that was the last thing that I wanted to do even though I thought oh that would actually probably really encourage me opening up the word but Mm. um, it's easy to stay in that grief or stay in that messy place especially when it's justified those feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, yeah, they're completely justified. Mm. So Absolutely. And I'm not saying every single quiet moment I'm sitting there no. you know, <laughs> studying like a theologian over the word. I'm not saying that, but there have been times whenever it was just in the stillness and the quietness where I, I heard the Lord the loudest. Mm. Um, I mean, it wasn't even, and this wasn't even scripture. I, I guess you guys aren't on, on presently on TikTok, but there was a video <laughs> I shared recently about um, an aloe vera plant illustration. And um, and actually, hold on, I still have my little piece of aloe vera over here um, with these two pieces here, um, which is really interesting about this. Now, this one's a smaller piece, and so it's kind of dried out, but this is one that I made that video a week ago, and it's still like, okay, and if I planted this, it would still grow. So isn't that mm-hmm. interesting about the aloe vera plant is that even if even though it's broken off from its its usual comfy, cozy environment, it's still doing okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure it wouldn't live like this forever, but still. Um, but this, the illustration, and I'll tell you about it here real, real quickly, is that whenever aloe vera, it, it's, <laughs> aloe vera is most effective after it's been broken. Mm-hmm. The healing properties do not come out and are not useful to other people until it's been broken. Oh. And what comes out of it is exactly what brings about healing. And so, um, you know, of course now you need to, you need to get to a place of of turning to the right source for your own healing. Absolutely. But God's uh, often our, our brokenness is the very element that God wants to use most to bring healing in the lives of other people. Mm. It's confronting, isn't it? Yes, it is. And so the thing about this is that that illustration came to me in the quietness of just, I don't know what I was doing, but it just, I don't know. It just, I was thinking about something. I don't know the, the plant, maybe, I don't know, but it just came to my mind about like just the, just the aloe vera plant being broken. Mm-hmm. It's probably had to do with something I was reading. I can't remember specifically, but you know what else is interesting about this particular one? This came from, this piece came from a plant 
an aloe plant that was given to me. Um, it was actually in lieu of flowers. One of John's cousins wow. gave it to me um, after John had passed away. Mm. And I thought I killed that thing by accident. <laughs> I'm not, I do not have a green thumb. And I thought that plant had bitten the dust, but it miraculously revived and it made a, a great recovery. And from that plant, after it recovered, I was able to pull this piece to bring that illustration. Mm. So there are a few, uh, multiple things to take from it. One is in the quietness. That's whenever the Lord speaks loudest sometimes. Not to say that he can't pierce through chaos either, mm. but um, he can do that too. But the other thing is that something might seem dead and shriveled and beyond revival. Mm. And it can come around. God can can bring broken things mm-hmm. back to life. He can, and oftentimes he does. And from that brokenness, we can bring healing to other people. Mm-hmm. When that healing comes from the correct source. From him. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Nothing that came to me on my own, I assure you. What is something that you have been reading or listening to lately? Yes, yes. So as of late, I, um, I've i been listening to, to podcasts a little bit more often. And so one, um, my mom always, rem- I always remember her referring to Dr. James Dobson in mm-hmm. a lot of the way Focus that they the parented family. my brother and me. Focus on the family, mm-hmm. absolutely, a family institute. And so I recently discovered their podcast. And so I've been listening to a lot of that, mm-hmm. um, just kind of learning because I, you know, I'm, I'm navigating the waters of single parenthood and that's not mm-hmm. easy being the sole disciplinarian and, and mm-hmm. nurturer. And so, you know, six, Johnny's six and a half and that's a, it's a testy age, you know, mm-hmm. I will absolutely love him, but it comes with a share of challenges. And so yeah. I'm navigating those waters of fostering his growth and independence and, um, but then also discipline and and making sure that he's you know being trained up in the way that he should go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a delicate dance, and so I've really been trying to dive into some resources of godly parenting. So does he have his own podcast, or is it the Focus on the Family podcast? It is the there's the the well I listen to the Focus on the Family, and then there's mm-hmm. also the the uh, Doctor Doctor Dobson Institute. Well, where's my phone? I'll be able to tell you. Um, so yeah, Dr. James Dobson's family talk. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, the focus on the family. Um, so yeah, there's the focus on the family broadcast. And then there's also the Dr. James Dobson's family talk. There are a few different ones. Um, but I listen to both. Awesome. That's great. We'll tag those when we, um, I think when we post about the episode, when it releases. And the last question is, what is one of your favorite verses or scriptures? One of my favorites. Well, it is one that really kind of helped me get through it, um, through it all, was Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And I date, I underlined that one and I dated that one, uh, February 6, 2019. So that was in, that was about three months and some change about three and a half months after John had passed away mm-hmm. and yeah may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him because I was not feeling very joyful or or peaceful at mm-hmm. that time mm-hmm. um and that so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit I I mean my middle name is hope that's in my, you know, some of my social media tags, but I, I have, I had it, the head knowledge, but my heart wasn't there yet. And I knew that any ounce of it that I have, any overflowing of it was going to be by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I was not feeling very joyful, peaceful, or hopeful, but it's because of the power of Christ in our life, in our lives, mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit, that we can be made whole yeah. and full so that it can, we can overflow with it out of abundance. Amen. And I think that verse is alive in you. You can yeah. tell by the way you share um, what is heartbreaking in a joyful and peaceful manner. There's mm. peace all over you and joy all over you. And may it continue to be so. Thank you. Hey, I amen to that. May it be, may it continue, you know, no mm-hmm. matter what, what waters may come. Um, mm. and, and it's, again, no strength of my own, only that which has been given. Mm. 
Well, again, thank you. I know I've said thank you, but thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your story. If someone does want to connect with you, how and where should they do that? Well, there are a few avenues for that. So you can find me on, on, on TikTok as Alexandra underscore hope underscore Craig. Um, anybody in that regard um, on Instagram, I'm Alexandra Craig 524 presently. <laughs> possible to change. Um, and then um, on Facebook, if anybody's interested in having a, a closer look of our journey, we documented everything on there as the Candid Craigs. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course you can find me, you know, by name, Alexandra Craig on Facebook and, and perhaps I, I may end up starting a podcast of my own. I'm, I'm, you know, not quite sure that's a little up in the air, but perhaps I may do that. So watch this space. Yes. 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 Your broad, broadcasting, um, background background. Yeah. Come full circle. <laughs> yes. There you go. Full circle. Exactly. Just may, you know, maybe not in the, in the exact Avenue that I thought it maybe would have been back then, but I, I can tell you this much. I do know that I have always felt and impressed upon my heart that the Lord has called me to be a mouthpiece through which he speaks words of hope, life, and encouragement to people. Mm. And I'm, I'm a willing vessel for however that may look. <laughs> and I, I guess I'm just trusting him to, to, you know, illuminate each step of the path mm-hmm. one step at a time. Mm. And so right now, this is the way that that's happened. Mm. Thank you so much, Alexandra. This has been such an uplifting, encouraging, raw obviously a heartbreaking but beautiful episode and we just hope that it can be an encouragement to whoever's listening as well um no matter where you are in your journey and process of grief or whatever that might look like for you hopefully this can be an encouragement as well so thank you so much for joining us thank you so much it's been my my honor and my pleasure thank you till next time this is our village thank you for joining us today on this is our village If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, and review. And please share it with as many moms as you think might benefit from this community. This is our village, but we'd love it to be your village too.